Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast. We're going to do something a little bit different uh, since you don't really know us, some of you. Uh, we're going to start uh, being a little weird, and I would like to welcome my co-host, Laura, four-time IPF Masters World Champion, Sturm. Awesome, and welcome to Josh Roar, the namesake of Jor- <laughs> I can't even say it. The namesake of Roar's Lightweight Ale. That was a drink that was served at Nationals in uh 2018 i think you would use there's that. there's a story behind that we might, might get to that later might as well start with it you said it oh <laughs> uh, well so what happened was what had happened was when we were in pilsen czech republic for masters worlds in 2014 we were there with the masters team of course josh not being a masters but just a coach um, just in quotes, sorry. Um, and we went to a bar that had a, um, a drinking game kind of like that it was scored based on how much you drank. The ounces were being tabulated for each person and each table. Um, I just sat back and watched because I don't drink and, um, yeah, well, <laughs> compared to yeah. other people, that would be true. <laughs> so there were some, um, very, stout drinkers at our table, um, namely Laura Stryland, um, who literally drank Josh under the table. And from there, he was known as lightweight. It was a bloodbath. It wasn't even close, man. <laughs> it was a bloodbath. It was hilarious, though, because Josh, when he's drunk, is actually one of those funny people who's happy and fun for the most part, meets strangers, starts dancing with them and engaging them and is everything that josh is not when he's sober <laughs> that's a fair assessment so uh all right we're done with that topic so uh we'll, we'll start with the q a we had what one of the questions came in this week or i guess last week is we talked about how to get started in powerlifting but we had a question how to get started in equipped powerlifting so any thoughts on that Ah, yes. So it's best to not know much to start with, because the more you know, the less likely you might be able to do it. Um, Because I got tricked into it by thinking it was kind of like a bench shirt. Um, I'm sorry, like a slingshot. Bench shirt is not like a slingshot. It's a piece of evil equipment. Um, I, my advice would be to start loose. Start with learning how to wrap your own knees even. Um, start with briefs, start with loose equipment. And then as things go and as things progress and you get a little bit more used to things, tighten up as you go. Um, Because it's somewhat painful and not what you think it is until you get in it. Yeah. And I guess one thing I'll add to that, I guess how to get equipment. Um, Uh the, the, The big manufacturers obviously make great equipment titan support systems is is my favorite um but if you're if you're trying to dabble in it we'll say then i would try to find some used equipment or borrow some from you know somebody that you know that 
has some gear that might be loose for you so you can try it out before you actually buy it because the stuff is expensive um, and you don't want to buy the wrong stuff either so you know trying out used stuff I think is a good option right well and I, I've made the mistake at sometimes thinking that tighter is always better um, but that's not really true um, you know kind of feeling out what compression does to your body and helps you move a little bit more weight without injury is nice um, and even as someone who's um, when I lift, a lot of times I wear briefs just to kind of protect myself and it feels better um, just because I'm old. Um, and not, it does. So I'll, I'll, just say, I'll just say this real quick, not in competition. So you can't wear the briefs in competition. Correct. For training. Correct. Yeah. But for training purposes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there have been times where I've thought, well, I just need, I just want to get a tighter shirt because it'll make me lift more. And that's not necessarily true. So especially starting out loose and then getting tighter as you go. Yep. I agree. Good idea. For sure. And, and of course, I think a coach is helpful because a coach will kind of know when you should put it on, when you should stay raw. And I, I believe coaching is just a huge component of equip lifting, more so than raw. Yeah. And, and just knowing how to progress with it, like you said, like you don't just put a bench shirt on and go all the way to your chest the first time. Like you, you learn it in stages. Um, same thing with a squat suit especially if you're putting on a, a tight one for the first time or a new one, like you're going to squat high the first time, like that's okay. Um, it just takes some practice to work getting down depth and everything. So don't expect it just to be like wearing a snug t-shirt or something like that. It right. changes it. So I think a good question would also be why lift equipped? Hmm. Because I think some people kind of see it as going over to the dark side and doing something that, Oh, your body can't naturally do this. So it's cheating um, is kind of what we hear sometimes, which no. Yeah. I, that's a great question. Um, I will gladly answer that one. Uh, it adds, so the thing with equipment is it, it doesn't lift the weight for you. Contrary to popular belief, like you don't just put it on a bench shirt and bench a hundred pounds more. Um, probably you bench less the first time you put it on because you, there is a, a very, high level of skill that you need to learn how to use it exactly right so you know not only do you have to get stronger but you have to get more proficient at using your equipment so those two things go hand in hand um and and you know to answer the why i mean in terms of the aches and pains and things like that the gear is by nature very supportive so you know if you have hip issues or back issues or shoulder issues like a lot of times even though you're handling heavier weight the gear actually does help you stay healthier um, because it's it's less sexual wear and tear on the on the the joints themselves um you know and, and that's i think a lot of people don't realize that because they're all they see is it's heavier weight um but you know the gear doesn't do it automatically you have to learn it and and really master your technique and be a lot more precise every time. I, I know I already said that, but, you know, example I always use is in a bench press. Like if you're benching raw, you can get a little bit out of the groove and still usually recover. But if you get out of the groove in a bench shirt, you're screwed. So it makes you be a lot more disciplined and, and more precise every rep. And I think it makes you, it makes you a better raw lifter too, in my opinion, because it, it, uh -huh. it, it really puts a magnifying glass on your deficiencies and your inconsistencies um, when you're wearing the equipment. So, uh -huh. you know, if you're inconsistent, you put on gear, you're going to be really freaking inconsistent and not be able to complete the lifts. 
So it kind of helps correct a lot of those things or at least make you aware of them so that you know to correct them. Right. Yeah, I think it makes you a better lifter for sure. Um, I was lucky to probably get into gear early in my powerlifting career, if you call it that. Um, and I think it really helped me progress as a lifter, although I really didn't choose to go back to raw lifting. Um, it, it makes you a better lifter. It makes you a lot more technical. It's like trying to perfect the perfect golf swing. Um, it just makes you a, a much better lifter yeah. overall. And I think it's one of those things. It's, it's the fear of the unknown. Like it, to the people that have never tried it, it's, it's weird. It's cheating. It's, it's doing the work for you and all those things until you actually try it and realize how much actually goes into it. And, you know, there, it, it adds, it adds even from a coaching standpoint, it adds so many other dynamics because, you know, if you miss a squat, you know, on depth or even on strength, like you can make adjustments to the equipment as a coach to, to kind of compensate for that. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're having trouble getting depth, maybe the knee wraps are too tight. Uh, you know, if you're getting stuck, you know, coming out of the hole, maybe you need to, you know, put the straps higher on your traps to make them tighter as you go down. I mean, whatever it is, it, it just adds a lot of other variables. that makes it mm -hmm. a lot more fun as a coach too, I think. Right. Yeah. It makes it a lot more complex. And I don't know, going back to raw, it just didn't appeal to me ever because it was just kind of boring after going equipped. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, yeah. I, I also want to say that's me. We're, we're not, we're not poo pooing raw here, but um, we're just kind of an explanation of why we, me specifically, I guess what I'm saying, I'm not going to speak for you. Um, but I, th those are the things I enjoy about it. It just, it adds the, yeah. it adds the different dynamics to the sport. Yeah, absolutely. So we can um, move on. I think I've kind of derailed us a little bit there. Um, yeah, but it was, it was we can do topic. what we want. Ha. Yes, we can. Um, so Josh, you get to work with a lot of different people. So what are some of the challenges that you get in working with a lot of different people and their different personalities? Oh, that's a, Oh, that's a good one. So I, I, first of all, let me just, throw my business out there. I don't like to show emotion very much. Um, so I try to stay even keel and not like, you know, when somebody has a really good lift, I don't try to go all crazy and, you know, get super, super excited. And if somebody misses a lift, you know, I don't get too visibly upset. I just like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll get it next time or whatever. And the reason, the reason that's a challenge is because different personalities want that want different want different feedback or different stimulus from you so you know when I'm lifting like and that's the irony like when I'm lifting I like people you know being crazy around me like screaming in my face um you know all that stuff but um what I've found is trying to be that person that's that's screaming and everything especially when you're working with a bunch of people at the same meet and and I'll use, I'll use an example. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't, I, I won't, I'll use generic names. So I have one lifter that, you know, is always just real calm and, and, you know, kind of jokes around as we go. And another lifter that, uh, you know, once screamed at and everything, well, I'm coaching them both at the same meet. Um, and they're kind of going on different platforms at the, at, 
roughly the same time and I went from one directly to the other you know I just came from the lifter that like screamed at and I ran over to the other lifter and I was in the screaming mindset so I started yelling at her and she's like like freaks out like what are you doing like you've never yelled at me before I don't like that what's what what, what did I do wrong so it really it really kind of messed her up so I guess since that point I've tried to really I've tried to maintain a, a, a steady baseline of what I feel comfortable doing personally as a coach, that way everybody kind of knows what they're going to get. Um, right. And, and it might not be exactly what they want, but they know what they're going to get. So it's no surprises, I guess, on me day. And, and, and I will also say that I'm, I'm not sure that that's the best way to do it. Um, it's, it's an evolving process for me because I do want to be that person that, that, you know, says the right thing or, or gets you fired up in the way you need to. But I also very much don't want to be the person that says the wrong thing that really throws you off your game. So it's kind of a catch 22 that I'm, I guess that's where I'm at currently. I'm not sure you ask me again in, in six months, maybe my perspective will be different on that. Note to self. I'm going to ask you again in six months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's challenging. All different people need all different types of responses and we're all often at a meet kind of at our heightened emotions because we put so much into it and now we're, you know, there on the line and, you know, people get emotional at meets. Well, I'll give you uh, an example. I'll use you. Um, so I had, I had one lifter in college that I coached that before, before a third deadlift, she'd always want to get slapped in the face. And I hated doing that. Like it made me feel weird. Um, but she literally would not, she would time out before she would go out without, getting slapped in the face it was it was odd um so you were about to do your third deadlift um i believe at the summer showdown one of the meets and i don't i don't know what happened or what happened to me like i just got so excited i slapped you in the face right before you went out <laughs> and you just looked like the look on your face i'll never forget you're like what the hell did you like, like what it, was that and it, and it wasn't it wasn't the look that you were thrown off your game but it was the look like i'm about to punch you back so i was i was kind of taken aback and and of course correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you missed that lift right i think that i was, think i did I think yeah that was the only lift you missed that day uh-huh. um so I, I don't know if that was the exact reason but i'm sure it didn't help so yeah so it may not have yeah helped I think I was just standing there going, I'm not sure what happened. Okay. Well, I'm going to get this. I don't, I don't know that it affected me adversely. I didn't, I don't think I made the lift, but I don't need know that that was why. Cause yeah. I, I've had random things happen to me right before my last deadlift before. Um, I remember at my second meet, um, Dan is my husband, um, was slapping me on the back and he kind of like kidney slapped me <laughs> right before I was deadlifting. I'm like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of, I stay fluid and I kind of just did the best I could. Yeah. And I think as a lifter, that's something you want to develop too, is like learn, learn to roll with the punches. Cause you know, you don't always get to control your environment. And as a coach, that's what we try to do is control your environment the best we can. But obviously when we're warming up in a meet, there's also a whole bunch of other people warming up and we have to work in and things like that. So mm-hmm. we don't control the music that's being played. Um, excuse me, all those things. So, so yeah, just being able to roll with the punches is good, but yeah, that, that's one thing that, that it's still, 
I don't want to say haunts me, but it's one of those things that I just, it's always in the back of my mind. Like what the hell happened? Like, why did I just slap you out of nowhere? I've never done that before. Well, and then um, I really wanted to play a prank on you, but then I just didn't have the heart to do it um, uh, because it was being videoed at the time. And I was going to tell you that somebody saw that happen on the video and texted me and was like, Oh my gosh, why did he do that? Um, but then I just didn't have the heart to do it because you were kind of upset about it. <laughs> I appreciate you not doing that because that would have, that would have wrecked me. Not yes. We do like to prank each other a lot yeah. in this sport. <laughs> yep. That's true. That's what makes it fun. Oh, yeah. So do you want to move on to the track of the week from the power lifting and power ballads part? Track of the week. So we are in week three. Track number three is drum roll. I can't do that. That was not really bad. Every rose has its thorn from poison. Your first thoughts, Laura? I don't like poison. Uh, that that one could have been scratched off the album for me. Um, just never was into them. Sorry. <laughs> Dead space from Josh. She's like, what? I thought I knew you. All right. Well, we are currently looking for a new co-host, if anybody out there is interested. <laughs> That might be a fireable offense. Holy cow. How did I not know know that? I need to I need to do more research before man. I, I'm not gonna lie, my world's upside down right now. Wow. Um you don't like poison. <laughs> Son of a gun. Um all right, we're gonna move on because I can't talk about that anymore. Josh uh, is stymied. Yeah. So uh let's do something new. Uh, how about some crazy powerlifting story time? What do you got? Um, all right. Well, I don't know how crazy it is. Um, it's definitely, um, personal and, you know, it's a story, I guess. So, um, in 2014, uh, was my first trip to Masters Worlds and I was nominated as an alternate on the team. Um, and I was just stoked to go, you know, just, oh my gosh, I get to go to, it was Pilsen, Czech Republic, um, you know, the Masters Worlds team. It's not, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't a bench only meet that I'd been to before or a local feeling um, NAPF meet. This was going, you know, across the ocean with the team. So it was kind of a big deal to me. Um, and, you know, I traveled solo. I was really kind of, I still felt like I was very new to the sport um, because I really had started um, lifting in like 2012 and, you know, getting nominated to go was just so amazing. Um, So I went, I traveled solo. I was super nervous, but I kind of got this mindset. Like I have nothing to lose. I, you know, I'm here. I made the team. This is amazing. I have nothing to lose and I'm just going to go. And every time I started getting nervous, I just told myself that I would put it off. Like, don't be nervous now because it's nothing to be nervous about right now. Just put it off until you get to the platform. If you want to be nervous, be nervous then. So I kept just kind of putting that off um, and not being nervous about it and thinking like, you know, this whole Masters World team, this is a group that's traveled a lot together before. Everybody knows each other already. And I'm kind of just the newbie. Um, So I felt a little out of place, but, you know, tried to um, just kind of blend and, and felt like I didn't, I wasn't going to give myself the permission to get overly nerved up and like goobered up by it. Um, so when I, when we got there and, you know, lifting started, um, it, it was a couple days later, you arrived. 
um, which made it feel a little bit better because now I, you know, I need like three people um, in the total team. And, you know, we, I, I was, I was rooming with Laura Stryland who, um, you know, I, I had told her to, you know, kick me if I snore because I, I snore really bad apparently. And she literally did. She kicked me a couple times. Like every night I'd wake up and be like, did she just kick me? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, lift, lifting actually started and um, I wasn't, I, I kind of just kept putting off being nervous and being nervous. And like the squats went really well. Um, I went three for three for my squats. I got uh, my first time that I, I um, squatted over 400 pounds, which was awesome even though it was very sideways and a little twisted, but to do, you know, to do that on the world stage in another country is a big deal. Yeah, it was, it was such a great feeling. And, you know, I had a, my biggest competitor um, and my rabbit to chase was Jennifer Goudreau, who gave me a great rabbit to chase. She was, you know, she seemed, it seemed unattainable um, when I started lifting to um, get a gold in that, you know, on that type of stage. Um, but as my training had progressed, I thought, well, actually, maybe this is possible. I don't, I don't really know, but I've got nothing to lose. I'm just, I'm coming out of nowhere. Nobody really knows me. I'm the alternate. I'm just going to go and give it my all. And she was a great rabbit to chase. And I think that was the best lifting I have done since truthfully because of that. Um, you know, lifting started, I was pretty chill. Um, I got ahead on the squats she got back. I think we were almost tied going into the deadlifts. You might remember. I don't remember exactly, but it was, it was definitely close. It was really close. And then I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Cause I think she can deadlift more than me. I don't really know. And I just kind of, I didn't pay attention to what was going on. I just kind of stayed in my own space, put on my headphones and just let you run the whole thing. And, you know, I, I knew we were still within striking range and it literally came down to the last deadlift. And I pulled before her and I made all three of my deadlifts. And then her last deadlift was coming up. And I didn't even know she was pulling for the win. I, I didn't even know. And I think you told me. And I was like, oh, really? Huh? And then I watched and it and it slipped out of her hands. And I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And you know, it 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 really could have gone another way. Um, if she had just held on to it, maybe she could have dug it out, you know, and it just but it was just a moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, wait, what just happened? I think I just won. Huh? You know, it was pretty sweet. I gotta say my first trip to the podium with the, you know, American flag on the top of it. And they, they played queen. We are the champions. I mean, that was pretty cool walking around the city. And then like Mark Henry called me while walking around Pilsen and Mark Henry called me and I'm like, wait, this is really Mark Henry. Um, which was really cool just to get his congratulations and, uh, you know, it was just a really memorable trip. It's great. That's awesome. I don't know if I knew the Mark Henry part. I don't think he ever told me that. That's, oh, really? Yeah. That's, yeah. He was a friend of a friend of mine and they had been talking about me and I knew Mark was uh, used to powerlift and that kind of made my night when Mark Henry called. I was just yeah, like, that's, <laughs> that's, dang man, that's a big deal. Yeah. And then that was the same trip we had a, uh, we went up to the top of the cathedral and we were walking around and there was a streaker. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember uh, that. The streaker guy just ran by and like nobody batted an eyelid. Yeah. Like we're it was in like this public square. Place. It's like it's common. Yeah, place. in the middle of the day in America, people would be like, wait, stop the guy streaking. And but, then he came over and wanted to have a conversation. And I'm like, dude, 
<laughs> wrong <laughs> Put on your pants. <laughs> wrong guy, man. Wrong guy. Well, I remember asking him like, "Why? Why did you streak through the town?" And he and he just turned and said, "Why, why not? not? Why not?" I remember that. Like, oh, okay, that's a good and, answer. And looked, wow. at, and looked at us like we were the stupid ones for asking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was, uh, and that was the uh, the drinking uh, escapade yeah. as well, where you, you gotta, got your reputation. You got to keep coming back to that, don't you? <laughs> I, I went full circle. Did you see that? I don't. See I, I don't that? know how to drink. I'll, I'll just say that. But <laughs> I, I guess I want to share my perspective on that a little bit, real quick. I know we're we're out of time, trying to keep our twenty minute limit here. But um, so I remember that very vividly. Like as as she was as Jen was pulling, and I, and I'm really good friends with Jen. Um, but obviously at this at this meet, I was coaching you. Um, and as as she's as she's pulling, like. I think she's got it. And then it slips out of her hands. And I remember as soon as it slipped out of her hands, like I remember feeling like so excited and I, I, I whispered in your ear, you just won the meet and, and you started freaking out. But then literally like the very next second, like my heart just like sunk because I'm like, that means Jen just lost. And as her friend, it's like, man, yeah, you know, I'm getting choked up. I know, and and we right like we I, never got the chance. Like obviously, I'm super excited for you. Like, no no question. But but somebody had to lose, and and when you're friends with both people that are lifting it, it makes it kind of hard, especially on that stage. But yeah, and we never got the chance to um, really lift against each other again yeah. after that, um, which you know I I missed yeah. truthfully because I think it made me a better lifter, and it was it was a nice dynamic. Yeah, just that. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to shut it down here. So uh, don't forget, follow us on social media, specifically Instagram at PL Ballads Podcast. And if you have any uh, complaints or comments, shoot us an email at PL Ballads Podcast at Gmail dot com. Yes. If you love it. Wait, wait. If you love it, send me a shout out. If you hate it, blame Josh. And we'll see who our co-host will be next week when I find somebody that doesn't hate poison. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right. Later, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.